Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Hope you guys are doing well. I just cracked open my very first Celsius, Celsius energy drink. I've heard things about these. I've heard a lot of things from the internet, but someone left this for me, or I guess just left it here, but anything left here is always mine. It becomes mine. So I threw this pregame the other day and I told people I have liquor. I just don't have chaser. I like never have chaser. So I'm like, bring your own chaser. I have tequila, vodka, gin, whiskey, like anything you can imagine I have except for chasers. So people brought their own chasers and it's always funny to see like what people choose, what low calorie, low sugar things people choose. Or like for me, I usually just go for a plain lemonade or something. Like I don't like a ton of like bubbly things when I'm drinking. That's just me. But someone left me this and so I'm drinking it now. It's um, apparently an energy drink, I guess. Essential energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. What the heck? And it actually tastes pretty good. I mean, I'm definitely not one to like purchase one of these for myself just normally, but I've always wanted to know what these taste like. And I honestly like it. It's zero sugar. Mm. Tastes pretty good. This is the sparkling orange flavor. I kind of like it. Anyway, so segueing away from this random energy drink that I found in my fridge to more exciting topics. Well, actually one topic that I'm going to kind of hover around the entire episode because I've been doing a lot of thinking about it. Just this general concept of being surprised. Surprised in your life by things, by people, by the way that your life goes and each of your choices, where it leads you, and how surprises can be, in theory, an exciting, exhilarating thing. But for me and a lot of us, it takes letting go of the control, which is something that I need at all times. Or I mean, I don't need it, but I feel like I need it. I feel like I need to know when things are happening and what's happening. And my schedule is very important to me. And just looking at my life and kind of mapping out when I think things are going to happen, that's important to me. That's something that I've done since I was very young. I've always been a planner. I've always been one that has really seen certain ages of my life as a time when something's going to happen. Like I very much when I was younger thought, okay, so this is the year when I will get married. This is the year when I'll have my first child. This is the year when I'm going to write my first book. Like I really have been thinking my whole life, I want to have a book published by 40. Like I see that for myself. So I have all these like kind of milestones mapped out in my head. But with that, it's all kind of like, okay, this is my way or the highway. Like this is it. This is how it's happening. I don't really leave much room for surprises in my life. Or I guess I should say I haven't in past years because you can always change, ladies and gentlemen. You can always decide this is limiting. Like this is how I've been for all these years, but I am severely limiting myself and holding myself back from things that could be really great. For the first time in my entire 26 years, pretty much, like there's been fleeting moments of this here and there, but I, for the first time in a very long time or like ever, have decided that I could benefit so, so much my anxiety levels, my just quality of life would improve if I had a bit of a looser grip on my life. Let me explain. So I'm not going to like go off the deep end and go insane or anything. What I'm saying here is like I kind of picture the way that I live my life, the way that I thoroughly plan my life 
and put pressure on myself to accomplish certain things by certain ages and whatever, like that, it just, it really is not healthy. I think that doing that, it's me. I'm like white knuckle gripped. Okay. I'm picturing like handlebars. I'm on a bike. It's been a while since I've ridden a bike that's moved. And I think the way that I'm I'm operating my life right now, that I'm going about living, is very white knuckled. It's not healthy. Okay. I'm very controlling of myself and of the possibilities in my life. And it's been very rare. It's definitely happened, but pretty rare those moments where I completely take my hands off the handlebars and just I don't know, do whatever one does. Lots of core work. I feel like it's a lot in the core when you lift your hands off the handlebars. I remember trying to do this as a kid when I used to ride my bike and my scooter and all that stuff. Like I used to rip stick back in the day. And I remember how cool people looked and probably felt when they could take their hands fully off the handlebars and just go and see where their legs take them. It's been rare when I've in my life currently Obviously, it's a metaphor, but I've done that kind of just let trust in myself to be able to do that and stay intact. Okay. I can let go a bit. I can loosen my grip on my life and still be okay because that gives other people the opportunity to fit into my life. There's a chance I could end up with everything that I've seen for myself, specifically like a person, okay, someone I'm dating. I could look for the person that I think is right for me, has all the characteristics, checks all the boxes, and I could still be unhappy because it might turn out that I don't know what's best for me. I thought this might be good because it's worked for other people, this kind of person, this kind of look, this kind of height. But what if what if I've just severely limited myself in staying in that one lane, that one type of person? And let only that kind of person in when that wasn't right. That wasn't the best I could do for myself or something of that nature. I mean, you can't get too obsessed with this sort of thing of like, oh my gosh, what if I make the wrong choice for myself? I think choices is one thing. What I'm trying to do here with myself at least is to be open enough, have a looser grip of my life, do what I feel is right and make the choices I feel are right, but just allow a bit of breathing room. Okay, it's like when I'm trying on a dress and I don't know, the six fits me, but I know if I get the eight, I'll be able to sit in it and not feel like a seam is going to burst. Same with jeans. Okay, it's like just leaving a little bit of room for what I don't even know will happen for the delicious meals that I don't even know will happen in my life, but I'll be grateful I got the eight in those situations. Okay, just like leaving some breathing room, leaving some room for people to enter and sit on my handlebars. Okay. Is that a sexual way of saying it? You know what I mean? Like people can come in and join me in my life that I didn't even see coming. Friends, romantic interests, coworkers, like collaborations. Like I think about it all the time. I'm like, I'm doing this current job, this consulting work, this YouTube, Instagram podcast, Patreon, TikTok thing. But who's to say I won't have a business partner in 10 years and be co-CEO of a huge brand or like, I, I do not know what's happening in my future. I don't see it. I don't see it because I, I can't see it. I don't even want to because I think if I just live authentically every day and allow people to surprise me, I think that I'll get where I want to be, even if I don't even know where I want to be. 
So that's kind of my top of the episode. What I'm kind of, I guess, manifesting for myself in a way. It makes more sense when I speak things out loud and then try to work through them. So I think that I've had a severe lack of surprises in my life because I have not allowed them in. Like I've been too much of a control freak my entire life. I've never even had like a surprise birthday party or anything that I haven't really seen coming in my life, really. And I think it's mostly because I've proclaimed to every person who will listen in my life that I hate surprises. And the only real surprise I want in my life is my proposal. Like if I know that I'm getting proposed to, just cancel it. Like (laughs) I'm over it. I need to not know. I need to not know. Anyway, so let's get on with this episode. This was just like my introductory rant or introductory speaking things into existence. Whatever. We're done with that now. I have two other things I want to cover in this episode, which is all related to surprises. So that wasn't just like a curveball. I have a lot of things to say on this subject. One is a personal anecdote, something I wanted to share with you guys, this guy that I am kind of seeing. I don't want to say it totally like that because you guys can decide for yourself what you think is going on. So that's number one. And then number two, I have a really heartwarming story that I found while reading. And it's about a nun. And I'm not going to say anything more because it'll ruin the surprise. See what I'm doing here. Okay, let's get into the first story, which is a personal anecdote very relevant to this current timing because it's happening as we speak. And I want to title this anecdote, Second Chances, question mark, or is a second chance worth it, question mark, something with a question mark and having to do with second chances. Someone who's a better writer than me can figure it out. But okay, for the sake of the timeline and understanding what's going on, we're backing things up to January 2022 main character is me. This is a story in my current life. So January 2022, a friend of mine just moved to the city with her boyfriend, okay? And they're subletting this apartment. We're at their apartment for a pregame. It's just like a random like weekend day. And we were going out. I don't really remember the circumstances of the going out, but it was one of those like all day kind of like into the night sort of going out vibes. So when you go out with a girl, that's your friend and her boyfriend, who is also your friend. Like typically there's going to be more girls, more guys, like enough girls and guys to like kind of have like a crew, like a squad. It's usually not just like all the girls and the boyfriend. It's like he'll bring some of his friends, which truly is my favorite way to meet people in New York City. Like I honestly, I love when my friends get into relationships because it opens the door to just a larger friend group and potential romantic interests. But For the most part, I just think there's strength in numbers. Like having a a huge friend group is has always been my goal. Like obviously strong, really close friendships with like a few, like a handful of people, but having like a, a larger friend group. So that's always been my goal. Anyway, so January, I'm in this apartment of my friends and her boyfriend, like their apartment, where he had invited his friends that I knew. Every single one of them, I like had recognized them. I knew who they were, except for one. And I thought he was very cute. So this is January. I it was cold. We ended up staying at this like tiny little apartment to pregame. And then we went to a dive bar and then we went to a birthday party. So a lot of drinks were consumed. A lot of a lot of drinks were consumed. And the whole time I was just like talking to my friends, like hush, hush, like guys, who is this guy? I think he's so cute. And they're like, Katie, that guy went to our school. Like he literally was at our school. But I guess what happened was he was, one, a year older, and then, two, he transferred. 
at some point. So he wasn't at my school the whole time, but like part of the time that I was there and he was older than me. So it was just, you know, obviously even a small school, like the one that I went to, like Elon, it still is easy to like not know everybody. Like obviously your brain can't like register that many people. So I was like nervous and I didn't really want to talk to him because I was nervous. But luckily after a few drinks or a handful of drinks, probably like five, I mustered up the courage. And I wouldn't suggest taking notes on what I said to him because looking back, I'm like cringing. But I guess if you want to get to know someone enough, like it doesn't matter what they say. That's what I'm telling myself because the first thing I said to him was he was holding his jacket. I had checked my coat. It was like free coat check at this birthday party. I go up to him. I'm like, hey, like, why are you holding your coat? There's a coat check over there. So I kind of just like publicly shamed him for holding his coat when there's a coat check. But he was like, oh, really? Like there's, I didn't know there's a coat check. Where is it? Can you show me? So I showed him where the coat check was. That was my moment alone with him at first. And then we went back to the group and I was like, okay, cool. Like now what? Where do we go from here? I'm like, you could, I don't know, offer to buy me a drink or anything else, but he I, he was very shy. And this is a prime example of me having a white-knuckled grip on my life, really wanting to control the narrative, wanting it to go my way. Like I could have written this night in my head and I would just hope that he would follow the script. You know, I really just like have a, a way that I want things to go. And when they don't go that way, I'm just so frustrated or just, I'm just like, why am I not worthy of these sorts of things? Like, I don't even know. So keep that in your mind. Okay. As the story progresses. So we're all standing around, probably another drink or two has been consumed by this point. And I go up to him and I say, <laughs> Well, I asked my friends first for their blessing and they were like, yeah, go for it. He's hot. <laughs> and I go up to him and I'm like, do you want to go for a walk? Mind you, it's January. It's freezing. And to my surprise, he says, yes. He's like, sure, let's go for a walk. It was like pretty late at this point. Everyone was getting tired anyway. We've had like a full day. So the night was winding down anyway. We go for a walk, which is it's kind of around my apartment and Obviously, we end up at my apartment. Like, I'm pretty predictable these days. Not in terms of like I hook up with people like every time, but I just like sitting on my couch. Like sitting on my couch is one of my favorite things. So I'll like even just bring like new girlfriends that I meet. We just go sit on my couch and drink until five in the morning. Like I just, I am not ready for the party to be over ever. And I love sitting on my couch. So a lot of times I'll bring people just to sit on my couch. Anyway, so this is what we do. We come back here and had a great night. Like he really opened up. We were talking, making out all the things. And I was like, wow, this is really great. Like I was very into it. And I was thought he was a very interesting person. Once we got to talking, we talked for a very long time. He really told me everything there is to know about him. And I was very into it. And I'm like, wow, this is great. Like I really let myself start thinking like this could be the start of something. So after that, he tells me he's going to text me as all men do. And I don't receive a text from him. And I think at some point I texted him because I was just so like fed up with it. And like, I don't even know. So the reason why I don't really remember is because he actually got a new phone number and I like delete my messages after 30 days because like I don't have enough space on my phone. So I don't really know what happened. I just know that he like kind of like let it die. Okay. He essentially ghosted me. Like I felt very ghosted because it was back in January and now it's June. So that happened. He texted me in March 
So two whole months later and said, hey, Katie, sorry, it's so-and-so. I got a new phone and a new phone number. And I was like, okay. But like, I don't know. I mean, I get it. Getting a new phone, new phone number, that does change things. Like if you like destroy your phone and don't save your contacts on the cloud, like how are you going to find people's numbers? But I was still like, if he wanted to, he would. If he really wanted to enough, like if I was interesting enough to him, like he would have. So I was kind of annoyed with the conversation, to be honest with you. I was being nice, but I ended up just not responding after like a few texts. And then he eventually texted me another time, like a few weeks after that, like probably in April. And it was kind of like a you up sort of thing. Not like a you up, but it was, my friends have pointed out that it was just, you know, 10 p.m. on like a Wednesday. And he hit me with the, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I gave him zero reply. I said, not today. (laughs) You are getting nothing from me. So that was the last we had had any sort of contact. That's April. Okay. It's now June. My friend Emily's birthday party was last weekend. I threw like a little mini pregame here, had a deadly margarita. Okay. Like this margarita put me on my butt after Like it was one of those margaritas. It's called On the Rocks. It comes in this glass container and you just pour it into a cup and it's pre-made basically. I've heard these come from Boston. Like they were created in Boston or something because all my friends are from Boston. So they love to say that. So this margarita, DIY margarita, put me on my ass. In the Uber on our way to the party and I get a text from one of my friends who's already there saying just the guy's name, okay, period. Like guy's name, period. And then the next text, OMG, period. So (laughs) I'm like in the car, I'm thinking, okay, great. Like, here we go. But his name's also pretty common. So I was like, I don't really know if this is referring to this person, but like, obviously my mind instantly went there and was nervous, but excited, but like embarrassed at the same time and just not really sure what to think. So I get there. I see him out of the corner of my eye. You know what I do? I walk right by him and pretend like I didn't see him because that is what we do when we don't know how we feel about something or someone. In girl world, you just pretend like you don't see them. So that's fully what I did and just like went over to see my friends. Like one of my friend's birthdays, like Emily and then her like best friend from home, Amanda's birthday. So I was like hugging them, doing the girl thing of like, oh my God, how's your birthday going? Like all the random stuff that you ask people on their birthdays fully just making myself look so hot. I was like, let me stand at this angle and flip my hair and laugh. I felt like I was in a damn movie. Seriously. Go to the bar, get a drink, fully pretending like he doesn't exist, saying hi to all of his friends, (laughs) which, okay, I, looking back, I'm like, does he deserve this? No, not really. But also like, am I doing anything that horrible? Like for all he knows, I just didn't see him, right? Like I wasn't being rude or mean. I was just, I just didn't know what to do. And I was like, oh, I like, I still think he's so cute. And I really enjoyed my time with him before he like decided that I didn't exist. And then he definitely like put in some effort, I guess. But I was just like, I don't know. I was confused. I didn't know. And I did the thing that I said at the top of the episode that I am trying to do more of. I realized, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to open up the floor if he wants to surprise me and come in here and do something. Like if he wants to come up and talk to me and throw 
a curveball because I very much plan my life and plan in my head how things are going to go. If he wants to do something out of the ordinary, because I think typically any other guy that this has happened to me with that I've kind of ignored or just didn't know what to do about, like they've acted pretty standard and just also pretended like I didn't exist, you know? It's like when you hook up with someone that was maybe like in your friend group and you just both mutually decide you're going to pretend like it didn't happen. So I was kind of fully expecting for him to just pretend like it never happened, right? And just like be around and just stand there and not – we wouldn't address it because it had been like a few months. But, you know, I loosened up my grip on my handlebars and – he surprised me. He certainly surprised me. So there I was at the bar. My friend bought me a tequila shot. We took them like as a group, a bunch of the girls, took a nice kickoff tequila shot, the first drink that I'd had since the deathly margarita. I was definitely like a little bit buzzed. Standing at the bar now because she had bought the shots. So I was leaning forward to get the bartender's attention to get a drink and then a drink for my friend as well, who was standing next to me conveniently, it was the girl whose boyfriend, you know, from the beginning of the story, we were at their apartment. So it was that girl. So we're standing there trying to get the bartender's attention. He finally comes over to me, like walks right over to me, like disregards everyone else, walks right over to me. And he goes, hi, like, what would you like? This gentleman is going to buy your drinks and gestures over. And of course it's him. And he looks at me with like a very knowing smile and just waves, like just like looks right at me (laughs) and waves. And I'm like, yep. So now I really can't get away with like ignoring you or pretending like you're not like I didn't see you. (laughs) Like he looks me dead in the eyes and he got me and my friend a drink. I mean, it's kind of like a movie, but I didn't see this coming and I didn't write this story. I go over to him and I say, thank you for the drink. I don't remember what I said exactly. I'm like, how are you? How have you been? And he's like, oh, like, I've been here for a bit. I thought like I didn't, I saw you come in, but like, I guess you didn't see me. And I was like, oh yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Anyway, we talk the rest of the night. I get very much filled in on his life and he gets filled in on mine. And I like just can't stop. I'm like staring at him. I'm like, you are so cute. I just need to stare at you because I'm worried you're going to disappear again. (laughs) Like if I take my eyes off of you, you're going to disappear. But we talked and I, after several drinks and shots, was just honest with him. And I said, I'm like, you really hurt my feelings. Like it really sucked when we first met. And like, I thought you were so great. And then you disappeared into thin air for two months and then came at me with a new phone number. And like, this excuse and like, which could be totally valid, but it just really made me feel like you didn't care to know me or care that I existed. And then after that, you're asking me what I'm doing kind of like in a booty call sense. And I was very honest with him. I just like told him that's how I felt. And I think many times in our lives, like as girls who are dating guys, those of us who are, this dating world that I've been in for 26 years, I think many of the times that I've been heartbroken in my life or just felt cheated by people, I don't think that the guy saw it that way at all. I really don't think that they saw that they didn't know how much they hurt me because I never told them. Like I'd never been honest with someone about how they hurt me. I just tried to pretend like it didn't happen and brush it under the rug so far that I don't have to think about it ever again. And like, hopefully one day I'll never think of it again. And it'll just be an ancient history memory. But with him, I was like, you know, I want to do something rogue and just be honest about it. 
And he took it extremely well. The way he reacted to me telling him that, that he had no idea. And he was very sorry about it. He felt really bad. And I'm like, okay, see, that is, I think that's what I need to do in every situation where I'm, you know, left feeling that way. I just need to be honest and confront it because maybe it would break the, the pattern of guys doing this to girls, okay? Like if I tell a guy you can't do this like it hurt me like then he won't do it to other people even if I'm not like the one that he ends up with you know so I was honest and we had a great night and then I kind of mentally said to myself okay he has redeemed himself a bit this is kind of a second chance like this is the second chance that I will be giving and that's it like that's where it stops okay like I will open up the floor to a surprise, a potential surprise, and see what happens. So I said to him, I'm like, you now know how I felt in January. It'd be nice if, I don't know, I don't have to go another four months without hearing from you because, like, I won't be here in four months. Like, that's not happening again. Basically said that in, like, simpler terms. And he texted me. (laughs) I got a text from him the next day and then he proposed drinks then I said sure like well let's do drinks sometime and then he texted me last night and was like what are you doing this weekend and then I said I am open this weekend like that was like kind of how the conversation has gone thus far so we're kind of like knee deep in this right now I don't know we'll see how it goes but I just want to use this story as like a kind of just proof that I am trying to let people surprise me while still holding on to my morals and how I want to honor myself, okay? Like there are certain things that I won't let surprise me and come into my life or people even, like types of people because I'm like, you don't deserve to surprise me. You don't deserve it. But I'm just trying to be more open. I'm trying to loosen my grip and see what happens and just see how my life unfolds and how things can be so, so unexpected, but so perfect for me in the end. So we'll see. I'll update you guys on this second chances question mark story. So enough with that right now. I'm going to move into my second story, my second tale, second anecdote of the podcast, which is a true story about a nun. And I'm going to link the article where this story came from because there's actually five more stories in this article that are also really compelling and great. It's by The Guardian. And the title of the article itself is, I was given a second chance. Six amazing people describe how their lives changed forever. So all of these people were surprised in their life. All of these people were living their lives just according to their instinct And life came in and shook things up for them in a very unexpected way that they didn't see coming, but it ended up being a good thing. So today, I'm going to share one story that gave me a total, like, full body chills when I first read it. So I just can't imagine how it's going to make you feel. So, okay, it's about this woman named Kathy Pinozzi, and she was a nun. So this is from her perspective. She wrote this kind of as a letter to us, and she said, A lot of people were surprised when I entered the convent. I can see why. 
While I embraced every aspect of being a nun when I joined the Sisters of Mercy, a Catholic convent in Providence, Rhode Island in 1965, aged 18, my life before might not have suggested it. I had boyfriends in high school and I liked to talk. There's a lot of silence involved in being a nun. And of course, there are the vows, poverty, obedience, and celibacy. So she was 18 when she joined the convent. Back to her. To my mind, it was the best way to be of service to the world. My sixth grade teacher, Sister Mara, was my inspiration. She was fair and smart. We stayed in touch as I grew older, and she mentored me as I started my training. It was all very exciting at the beginning. Silence was expected for much of the day, and there were prayers, classes, and chores. This was the 1960s in the U.S., and the me generation was leading a revolution. I like to think becoming a nun was in its own way quite countercultural. After three years of living in isolation with my fellow trainees, years four and five were spent in an all-women's college. We would stay up late on campus listening to music and talking, asking what does it mean to be a religious woman, to be of service, to be celibate. Many of the women I started with decided life as a nun just wasn't for them. They moved away, got married. After taking up my teaching post, I delayed taking my vows for a year or so. I wanted to make sure my decision was right. But in the end, I decided to stay and commit my life to God. It was 1974, and I decided I wouldn't marry or have children. I made my vows, and that was that. And then, in the fall of 1977, a new priest arrived at my local parish. By then, I lived in an apartment with other sisters and would regularly go to his church, St. Mary's. On October 4th, I went to evening mass, as I often did. Frank was leading it. He seemed like a nice guy, certainly good-looking. Afterwards, I introduced myself, and we talked for a while. I became a regular at the service, half to pray and half because of him. He gave a good sermon. He valued my thoughts and my opinions. We became good friends. Things carried on this way for two and a half years until September 26, 1980. I got home from work to hear that Sister Mara was unwell and in the hospital. So Sister Mara was her idol growing up. Like she took cues from her as to like how to live and it was her favorite teacher. So Sister Mara was unwell and in the hospital. I was inconsolable, not just because of her condition, but bereft that I never told her how much she meant to me, how much I valued her, that she was loved. I went to see her that night. The next day, I was with Frank. We were alone together, which was unusual for us, picking apples in an orchard. I told him about Sister Mara and how heartbroken I was. Frank turned to look at me. Kathy, that's how I feel about you. Oh, less than a year later, we would be married. Before then, I questioned my vows and my relationship to God. It took time, but I came to the conclusion I stick by today. Being a sister of mercy was a gift from God. And so too was Frank appearing in my life. I could take or leave either. To God, it didn't matter because God is in the people all around us. I opted for Frank and I have not one regret. It's 38 years since our wedding and he's a gift that keeps on giving. What a precious story. This woman was a nun, like literally gave up her life to be celibate, to be godly. What were the three things she said? She said um, celibacy, obedience, poverty. Like that was her life. And then 
she met this hot priest and things turned around for her in a way she never saw coming. And I guess one could say, I mean, obviously we live differently. I'm not a nun by any means, but, you know, I have lived my life in a way where I have like core values and things that I elevate above all else. And I don't really leave room for other things. Like I think, okay, I need someone who is X, Y, Z. They need to be exactly this. I need to live my life in this way. I want people to see me this way. Like this is me. And I just don't leave enough room for me to even bend in that at all or change at all or let anything in that's unexpected, right? So like I said that in the beginning, I would say that Kathy, the nun, did the same thing. And yet she... I must have left a little wiggle room in there because Frank got his way in there and he definitely surprised her and it caused her to surprise herself in how she decided to live the rest of her life. So very interesting story. Really sweet. I'm going to link the article, like I said, if you guys want to read some more stories in that similar grain. But yeah, cheers. I have my Celsius. I still have some sips left. Cheers to the unexpected. Cheers to surprises, allowing yourself to have enough breathing room in your life, like making room for the things you don't even know that you want, okay? That is a goal of mine, just living life a little bit less rigidly. Rigidly, is that a word? I will leave room for the potential surprises in my life or the way that people will surprise me. And I need to get it out of my head that people are concrete in their ways and are predictable Because human beings are not predictable by nature. Like there's certain instincts that carry with us that we'll have forever and like that we do go back to. But you truly never know how a person's going to be or just judging by the look of them, who they're going to be, what they're going to be like. And you can't assume that someone's going to follow the same trajectory, the same pattern as someone that came before just because they resemble that person or give you the same vibe as that person. Like human beings are unpredictable. And so I need to stop judging so harshly before I give the person a chance to prove otherwise because I tend to do that just because I've been hurt before by people that I have misjudged in a good way. Like I've thought that they were better than they ended up being. So I don't know, just trying to leave room for things in my life that I don't even know that I want. That is kind of my mantra right now while still hanging on to myself and my priorities. So kind of just striking a healthy balance and not closing myself off. Like, you know, in this, the previous example that I was talking about, like the guy that I'm potentially seeing, I don't know how I would say it right now, but like with him, if I had said no to a date with him, that would be me closing myself off. Yes, kind of protecting myself in the process, but also like, I don't know, this guy could surprise me and make up for the first time that he disappointed me, right? I just have to give some room, give some space and see what he does with that, this second chance of sorts. And then if he doesn't make the most of it, then that's my answer. But at least I kept myself open. It's not like I would always wonder what would have happened if I tried to give him a chance, you know? So that's what's happening right now in my life and a really awesome story that I found. And I hope you guys are doing well. That's it for the episode this week. Stay tuned for a amazing episode of Match Made in Manhattan as well. So like today is thick and thin, tomorrow's Match Made, tomorrow morning. So stay tuned for that. And I will talk to you guys all with some fresh content and some updates next week. Bye. Bye.